Welcome to another episode of Learn Buddhism. I'm Alan Pito. What are we trying to end in Buddhism? You've heard me talk about the three fires in Buddhism, greed, anger, and ignorance, and the resulting delusion of that, because that results in karma, karmic actions, these intentional volitional actions that are trapping us in the cycle of forced rebirth. And so in Buddhism, the goal you always hear is enlightenment, awakening, nirvana, right? But what we're trying to do is be awakened to the truth the Buddha taught so we can become an enlightened being who has realized their true natural mental state of nirvana. Why is nirvana so important? Because nirvana is the cessation or blowing out of the three fires of greed, anger, and ignorance. Why is that so important? Just imagine that your home is on fire. Would you want to be putting more fuel on the fire? Would you want those flames, the three fires, to be constantly raging and consuming your home, your possessions, all that? No, we don't want that. That's unsatisfactory. That's suffering. That's dukkha. So this goes into a important term inside Buddhism called upadana. And you have heard likely that Buddhism is saying, don't cling to attachments. You know, let attachments go, right? They're talking about upadana because it can be referred to as attachments or clinging or grasping or just words like that. But I think the best word for it, which is really the real true translation for it, is fuel. And that ties right in with the three fires. Because we are giving fuel to the three fires due to upadana. And why are we giving fuel, the upadana, to the three fires? Because the second component of that is this thirst or desire. We are thirsting and desiring to give fuel to the three fires. But why are we thirsting and desiring to give fuel to these three fires? That seems very unusual, right? Well, this is because we are ignorant of the truth the Buddha taught, the Dharma, the Buddha Dharma. And we don't really understand fundamentally how things exist. Key concepts like dependent origination, which is so important to this. But even the concept of non-self. We believe we have some type of permanent, unchanging, independent self inside us. But the Buddha says that's the illusion. We are ever-changing, we are impermanent, and we are interdependent upon other things. So that is fundamental because we are ignorant of that truth. We don't want to see that truth. And so we thirst and desire to things to reinforce this belief in self. So Buddhist practice is really about breaking down this illusion of self, not saying that you and I don't exist right now. We absolutely do. But we are a temporary grouping of things called a five aggregates or five skandhas. And this is just a temporary grouping, but it works so seamlessly together through a concept called nama rupa. And I know I'm throwing a lot of terms at you, but 
Nama Rupa is really these five aggregates and the mind just working, the consciousness working so seamlessly together that it gives the illusion of a permanent, unchanging, independent self. But your true nature is a self that is ever-changing, that is impermanent, and is independent upon other things. When you realize that true self, that's the enlightenment. Because when that happens, the thirst and desire to reinforce the belief in self and putting the fuel that's raging these three fires goes away. Because the three fires is the issue, in my opinion. It's a big issue. Because when you have greed, this, this desire, this, you know, I, I want things, right, to reinforce this belief. And when I don't get it, because impermanence is constant through everything, we don't like that. And when it happens, hatred, anger. And this is all due to ignorance of the Buddhist truth. And so we have this delusion. It's like going down, driving down the wrong side of the road. That's not right. That is ignorance of the truth of how we drive down the road. But you're in this delusional state where you believe that's right. Until maybe you get into an accident. Like, why did that happen? You're not driving the right way. That's why it happened. But you don't see it that way. So when we're looking in the Buddhist concept of everything going on here, we are unaware of how we should truly live and exist. And so we create these unskillful, unwholesome karmic actions. And it all ties into Upadana. And there's a very famous sermon of the Buddha called the Fire Sermon. I'm going to talk about that a little later on. But I love that one, and a lot of Westerners do as well, because we can relate to it. We can relate to how this sermon goes. But it ties into Upadana very well, because the Buddha is basically saying inside this sermon, monks, everything's on fire. And when I go through the sermon, it'll make better sense. But it's like, everything's on fire. All these senses, you know, everything you see, taste, all that, the objects, and how your mind looks at it, it's all on fire, because he's, what he's saying is, we are giving rise to the fire. We're putting fuel on the fire because we are thirsting, craving, desiring. And that makes us give this upadana, the fuel that gives rise to that, to the three fires, because we don't understand the truth. So as part of that, we have to realize that we have to guard our senses so that's really important because we don't guard our senses. We want everything to come in and to satisfy us. And it doesn't really satisfy us. But when we look at what we see, what we hear, what we taste and feel and all this and how it interacts and with the mind, we're giving rise to all these unwholesome states and unwholesome actions and unskillful actions because we don't truly understand what we're experiencing and what we're doing because our mind is in control. We're not in control. We have not tamed the mind. And this is part of Buddhist practice as well, to tame, settle the mind, right? So we can gain insight to do what the Buddha taught. Because right now, is doing whatever it wants to do. We just don't even realize that. And so that's what's also contributing to everything. So when we're looking at this fuel, this upadana, the reason is so important, when you can relate to the three fires as well, it is giving rise, it's fueling constant rebirth. 
And I know that's still a very hard concept for a lot of us to really understand in the West. But what we're looking at in Buddhism is this is just one existence right now. And there'll be future existences and there was prior existences. We're all connected by the stream of consciousness and the karmic actions inside there. So that's so important because this identity we have right now, this identity and belief in self that, again, we believe is permanent, unchanging, independent, is the illusion. What our true foundation, what our true possessions are, is our actions, our karma. And when we realize that, that's liberating, that's powerful, because that makes a big difference in what we do. So we are basically fueling this forced cycle of rebirth, forced, trapped inside this cycle. So our mind wants us to keep doing that. It wants to keep these unskillful, unwholesome karmic actions going and trapping us. We have to essentially fight back. And we do that through Buddhist practice. And what we have to focus on is this upadana. Because when we no longer give fuel to something, like the three fires, guess what? They go out, right? Nirvana. That's what we want. Because when I say greed, hatred, or anger, ignorance, delusion, does any of that sound good to you? This is why the three fires, or even also called the three poisons, is something we want to get rid of. That's nirvana. Nirvana is not a bad thing. That's the absence of those things and the actions, the karmic actions that result from them. So even if you don't believe in rebirth, those are good things to get rid of, to eliminate, blow out. So we are no longer fueling them when we have control of our senses and how we interact and understand things. That's why you see practices such as meditative concentration inside Buddhism, our conduct and morality, our wisdom, the three full training inside Buddhism is all there to help us eliminate this fuel. When we have eliminated the thirst or desire, we're no longer seeking the fuel to fuel the three fires. Love it. I think this is the most wonderful thing inside Buddhism because you hear everything such as the Four Noble Truths of the Buddha taught, the Noble Eightfold Path. That's all about stopping us from fueling the three fires because we're trying to no longer have that thirst or desire for that love of self-ego that's trapping us because it's giving fuel, upadana. We're, we're seeking things out, fueling the three fires. So let's go into the Sermon of the Buddha on this one, the fire servant. And the backdrop to this, the Buddha traveled quite a bit. He went to lots of different places. And so he actually went to this community of monks. And we usually think like, oh, monks, we're thinking Buddhism, right? But there are many different types of religions in the region of ancient India. So in this particular one, these monastics were worshiping fire. And this is of course, a great sermon for analogy about Upadana, but it's also about them because in here, in this community that they had, the Buddha was talking to them, but you know, it was getting late. And where was he going to sleep? He said, Well, let me sleep inside this big room that they had in the middle where the fire was, their, their holy eternal fire there. But 
they were worried about that because inside that room was this snake, this serpent inside there. And they were worried he was going to kill the Buddha. So they may have not been following the Buddha at a time, but they realized he was a holy person and respected person and all that, right? And of course, at a minimum, he's a guest. So the Buddha's like, nope, I'll be perfectly fine inside there. And he goes inside there and his fire, essentially, the fire of truth, if you will, was greater than this serpent was, this snake that was inside there. And so it died out. It couldn't, it couldn't attack him. It couldn't fight him. And this all sounds very supernatural, right? But this was something where it was very important for this particular sermon here, for this community, because that was something very important to them. Not only this holy fire that they just kept going inside here, right? But also that serpent, that, that snake that's inside there, a fire serpent. And so where the Buddha was able to really not be affected by it, not die from it, was something that raised their eyebrows. Like, we need to listen to this person. So with that, let's go into the fire sermon. So I'm going to be reading this one from the website accesstoinsight.org. So they have many different sutras, which are called suttas in the Pali Canon up on there. So I'll be abridging some of this, but you'll get the gist. Thus I heard, on one occasion, the blessed one was living at Gaya, together with a thousand bhikkhus, and bhikkhus are monks. There he addressed the bhikkhus. Bhikkhus, all is burning. And what is the all that is burning. The eye is burning. Forms are burning. Eye consciousness is burning. Eye contact is burning. And whatever is felt as pleasant or painful, or neither painful nor pleasant, that arises with eye contact, for its indispensable condition, that too is burning. Burning with what? Burning with the fire of lust, with the fire of hate, with the fire of delusion. I say, it is burning with birth, aging, and death, with sorrows, with lamentations, with pains, with griefs, with despairs. The ear is burning. Sounds are burning. The nose is burning. Odors are burning. The tongue is burning. Flavors are burning. The body is burning. Tangibles are burning. The mind is burning. Ideas are burning. Mind consciousness is burning. Mind contact is burning. Also, whatever is felt as pleasant or painful, or neither painful nor pleasant, that arises with mind contact for its indispensable condition, that too is burning. Burning with what? Burning with the fire of lust, with the fire of hate, with the fire of delusion. I say it is burning with birth, aging, and death, with sorrows, with lamentations, with pains, with griefs, with despairs. Because when a noble follower who has heard the truth sees thus, he finds estrangement in the eye, finds estrangement in forms, finds estrangement in eye consciousness, finds estrangement in eye contact, and whatever is felt as pleasant or painful, or neither painful nor pleasant, that arises with eye contact, for it is indispensable condition. In that too, he finds estrangement. He finds estrangement in the ear, in sounds. He finds estrangement in the nose, in odors. He finds estrangement in the tongue, in flavors. 
he finds estrangement in the body, intangibles. He finds estrangement in the mind, finds estrangement in ideas, finds estrangement in mind consciousness, finds estrangement in mind contact. And whatever is felt as pleasant or painful, or neither pleasant or painful, that arises with mind contact, for it is an indispensable condition. It too, he finds estrangement. When he finds estrangement, passion fades out. With the fading of passion, he is liberated. When liberated, there is knowledge that he is liberated. He understands. Birth is exhausted. The holy life has been lived out. What can be done is done. Of this, there is no more beyond. That is what the blessed one said. The bhikkhus were glad, and they approved his words. Now, during his utterance, the hearts of those thousand bhikkhus were liberated from taints through clinging no more. And that is a fire sermon. What was so remarkable then, that those thousand bhikkhus, who were not Buddhists, they were worshipping fire, they all became enlightened due to his sermon. That was how remarkable it was. The Buddha could speak to anyone in a way that they understood. And as you learn with Upadana, which is fuel, and they understood fire, the three fires, as you heard the Buddha talk about in here several times, this made instant sense for them. And with that, it liberated them. For us, when we hear this, we can understand portions of this. And for some of us, we get parts of this, and some of us, we, we don't. But what's so remarkable about it, he's saying that what you're seeing, this beautiful, maybe your car or the trees or your home and all that, it's all on fire. All of this is on fire. You just don't see it. Now, not literal fire, but it's on fire due to our sense organs and the objects we connect with, whatever we're seeing and hearing, touching, all that stuff, and how it arises in the mind. And the mind going, yes, more, more. I'm making my perceptions and assumptions on this, and I'm making you because you're fueling this. We're going to fuel the three fires of greed, anger, and ignorance. And that's going to result in those unskillful, unwholesome karmic actions. So the Buddha is saying, guard yourself. You have not been seeing that everything's on fire with all these sensual sense objects and, and how we are interacting with it and how that's fueling the three fires. When you guard yourself, guard your senses, that is going to make the big difference. And when you look at enlightened beings like the Buddha, Bodhisattvas, other Buddhas, Arhats, his, his followers, they, when they are enlightened, they were guarding their senses. So how we may be upset at what someone says to us or what we see we don't like or what we taste we don't like or what we feel or perceive, all these things, we are fueling the three fires. For enlightened beings, they understand how our sense organs are interacting with the objects and how it arises in the mind so that they are not influenced or impacted by it because they are guarding themselves. They are aware. We also hear that word mindfulness, right? And there's a very secular approach to that you see everywhere nowadays. But in Buddhism, 
Mindfulness is being mindful. Mindful of all these objects, sense objects out there and your sense organs interacting with them because we are not mindful. We are just like blindfolded going out there and bumping into everything. We don't see what's going on. He's saying, guard yourself. And when you guard yourself, you're no longer fueling these intense sensations or even the lack of them. So we're seeing these hot and cold, hot and cold, as he's describing here. None of that's good. And so when you are able to understand what you're encountering and how that works, you can guard yourself and not allow it to fuel those fires. And that may sound something you don't want. You're like, well, I want to feel that sensation of love or the joy, the sensation of this thing that I like or what I eat or whatever, right? But it's all impermanent and it's all ever-changing. It's all interdependent upon other things. We just don't realize that. And we may intellectually understand to some degree, but not fundamentally. Enlightened beings understand it deeply, fundamentally. We're not there. That's why we practice. So when you are able to guard your senses due to these sense objects and how it arises, that is the liberating path. And again, how do we do this? The Buddha gave us the entire path, whether you are following the Noble Eightfold Path or maybe, for example, the Six Perfections inside Mahayana Buddhism, which also follows the Eightfold Path. You are following the path and the practice that helps you understand through wisdom. We got a threefold train. Wisdom to understand the Buddhist teachings so we are aware of how everything works, like I just described with Upadana and this thirsting craving that's giving fuel, Upadana, to the three fires and how it's all working with the sense organs and sense objects and the mind because we don't really see that connection right now and how that's translating into karma and how it's trapping us in rebirth. We don't get all that. We don't understand dependent origination and non-self. So that wisdom, which is fine, then we have to interact with our world, with morality and conduct, generosity, compassion, loving kindness, charity, all those things, because that transforms our mind as well too. Because when you are thirsting and desiring things and you're putting fuel right into the three fires, that includes things that are not wholesome. So we want to obviously transform that into wholesome things we find on the Buddhist path, which doesn't fuel up those three fires. And then we have meditative concentration. We need to be mindful of what's really going on around here, like the Buddha is talking about. We have to have that effort to continue on this path. The meditative concentration to tame, control this mind who is thirsting and desiring all these things to fuel it, keep this constant process going, keep those three fires going. No. You don't want to be chained to the cycle of rebirth, samsara. You want to be liberated from it, to live as you truly should be. Because when you look at the Buddha or his line of followers, they were not sad people because they didn't have these sensations you're having right now, this feeling. They almost had like that calm, subtle smile, if you will, because they were enlightened. They weren't enlightened with overwhelming joy when we get from sense pleasures or despair. It was this joy of freedom, liberation, 
because now they are living as they truly can be. There is, as we close this podcast episode, you hear about Mara in Buddhism. This is the tempter. This is the one who challenged Siddhartha Gautama so he wouldn't become the Buddha. And when you think about Mara, he's all around us. Even if you want to think about him not as the demon, this this being, this deity who challenged the Buddha, but even your own mind, right? So when you encounter all these different sensations and experiences, right? That's Mara. That's what I think. That's Mara. How are we going to interact with Mara? You look at the Buddha. Mara didn't affect him anymore. So Mara could do whatever he wanted to. And you saw this on the Buddha's enlightenment. Couldn't impact him. That's what is happening here. He saw everything Mara was doing as fire, uh, flames. He was like, can't affect me anymore. I see Mara for what Mara truly is. When we see things as they truly are, that is freedom. That is liberation. That's nirvana. Do you have any questions about upadana or fuel, this attachment? like to hear from you. You can send me a message from my website, alanpito.com, or on social media. You can definitely leave a message in a comment on this podcast on Spotify. If you have any suggestions for future episodes or anything else you'd like to bring up with me, please let me know, and I'll look forward to talking with you in our next episode. Thank you.